0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com slash SME today. Again, agorapulse.com slash SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media now. Today, I'm joined by Ezra Firestone, and we're going to talk about how to create engaging video content that spurs an emotional connection. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, there are some exceptionally novel ideas that we talk about today and I think if you've been thinking about creative ways to use video or you're not sure how to best use video for your business, whether it be organic and or paid, you're absolutely going to love the stuff that Ezra and I talk about. So be sure to check it out and listen all the way to the end. Speaking of videos, did you know that we have an awesome YouTube channel? I've been producing regular content on there along with my team for literally months. And people are absolutely going nuts over the content on our YouTube channel. Check it out by visiting youtube.com slash social media examiner. By the way, you want to reach me? I am at Stelzner on Instagram. And I'm also reachable by email, if reachable is a word, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. By the way, if you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a future episode. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show. Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored. On your favorite podcast app and happy listening. And now for my interview with Ezra Firestone, helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Ezra Firestone. If you don't know who Ezra is, he's an e commerce marketing expert and the founder of Smart Marketer, a site that helps marketers grow their businesses. He also founded Boom, a cosmetic company, and he also founded Zipify, a Shopify app development company. Ezra, welcome to the show. Woo, happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Hey, it's my great pleasure. Today, Ezra and I are going to explore how to create engaging video content, whether that be content that's used organically on the social platforms or whether it's used in paid ads. But before we go there, I'd love to hear your story, man. How did you get into marketing? Start wherever you want to start.
1: You know, I grew up in a very interesting way on a hippie commune, for lack of a better way to describe it. And I moved to New York at 18 to play poker for a living. Really? And I met a guy. Yeah, I did. I played in the, on the underground scene with Vinny DeLimo and Frankie Bananas and Joey Two-Tone, a whole bunch of these underground New York City poker players. But it was a great experience. And there's a problem with poker, which is that you're trading time for money Mm. and you're staying up all night and you're sleeping all day and you're hanging out with a bunch of folks that you probably don't want to be hanging out with. And I actually met this guy. This was 2004, 2005. And what he was doing was he was using search engine optimization, which was the visibility source for online businesses at that time to sell digitally delivered eBooks on how to start a life coaching business. And this is before Coaching had really penetrated the mainstream. It was before there were business coaches and relationship coaches and health coaches. He was really one of the first people. In fact, he co-founded the uh, one of these first international coaching sort of um, federations that uh, certified coaches. And so I made a deal with that guy. I said, hey, man, you know, you're working off your laptop. You are. Um, making money while you sleep. And what you do seems really appealing. (laughs) So why don't you teach me SEO and I will teach you poker and um, kind of the rest was history.
0: Fascinating. So tell us a little bit more. What happened? I mean, tell us more about what happened after you started figuring this marketing thing out.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it was really an interesting experience because he had a business that was built on his persona. And he had a a newsletter list of a couple hundred thousand coaches, which was huge at the time. And I ended up actually taking over his business uh, from a marketing perspective, you know, writing his landing pages and running his webinars. And I learned all about information marketing from him, and we built that company up to a couple million dollars a year. And then he, had the experience that a lot of entrepreneurs have, which is that of burnout. This was around 2008 now, a couple of years in, he burned out and he didn't want to do it anymore. And overnight that business went away because without the influencer, it was worthless. And so that was really when I learned the lesson of, boy, if I'm going to build a brand or build a business, I really ought to have it be not focused around a sole persona. And that's kind of how I found my way into e-commerce.
0: Fascinating. So, when did you start Smart Marketer? Tell us the story there.
1: Yeah, Smart Marketer started in 2012, and it was actually a a mutual friend of ours, Ryan Dice, and his business partners, who convinced me to teach a course for them because I had been doing e-commerce since 2007, 2008, and they were selling trainings to online entrepreneurs on how to like get started in business. And they approached me and said, "Hey, why don't you do an educational course for us on how to start an e-commerce business?" And I was like, "Listen, guys, I am not that guy. I'm like." The hermit who it works from home and is not, you know, I'm not a teacher, but they convinced me and I did it and it was really fun and rewarding. And I got to see, uh, I got to have the experience of supporting people, uh, in in starting businesses and growing businesses, and I was kind of hooked, and so that was uh, you know end of 2012, and right after that, I launched the Smart Marketer blog as a opportunity to kind of document my journey as an entrepreneur and share what I found to be interesting, and I've kind of been at it ever since.
0: Now, Smart Marketer is for uh, what kind of marketers in particular? The e-commerce side of things?
1: Yeah, Smart Marketer is really for it's very focused on e-commerce although now i'm doing some joint venture stuff with Molly Pittman and so we're we're focusing a little more on information publishers and coaches and speakers and authors but traditionally it's been all e-commerce business owners and i think i've pulled in uh, a little bit of a crowd of just like entrepreneurs because smart marketer has a very strong sort of lifestyle component a lot of what i'm interested in talking about is how we approach business as entrepreneurs you know how we approach team building and communication and Relationships. And so there has always been this thread of lifestyle content. And so I have like mostly e commerce folks, but I do have some just kind of random entrepreneurial folks as well.
0: Now, along the way, you started a company, presumably for boomers, (laughs) called Boom. Yes. So what's the (laughs) story there?
1: Well, you know, when I moved to New York City, I moved in with a woman named Cindy Joseph. And she was one of the very first sort of supermodels. In the what they call silver class, which is there was a time and this is right around that 0405 range where brands were realizing that baby boomers were the ones who had the expendable money and that they should really represent them in ads. And so all the modeling agencies opened up divisions to have folks over 50 modeling. And so Cindy, who was a makeup artist for 27 years, was approached on the street in New York City Mm -hmm. to be in a Dolce & Gabbana ad. She thought people were messing with her. She ended up getting the ad and becoming sort of the face of the baby boomer generation on billboards in Times Square, uh, in J. Jill catalogs, in movies with Jack Nicholson. She became like a very famous supermodel in her early 50s. And she was a friend of my family. I moved in with her and I had been learning about e-commerce and this was right when uh david who was the life coach i was working with was burning out so i went to her and i said hey cindy you know you are a former makeup artist turned supermodel and maybe we should create a product line that is geared towards baby boomers selling cosmetics. And we can have it be not just about products. We can have it be about all the conversations that we have because we were a bit of an odd couple to be friends, right? Like I was a 19-year-old guy and she was a 54-year-old woman and we were like best buds. And I was living at her house and she was kind of showing me around New York. And so we would have these conversations about what it was like to be an aging woman in society and what it was like to be a young man in society. And so yeah, I had the idea to launch boom. We ended up launching it. And with boom, we launched a blog and the blog was called Saturdays with Cindy. And it was really how we got all of our traffic initially. And it was all face to camera videos of Cindy talking about her experience being a woman in society and everybody telling her that aging was bad and that she should hide her wrinkles. And so we kind of launched boom with the angle that, Hey, you know, beauty is different at every age and every age is beautiful and you can use cosmetics to celebrate rather than cover up and so you know boom was from the very beginning a philosophy an ideology a content play that had products to support that viewpoint and that company's still around today right yeah it's my best case study success story i mean cindy very sadly unexpectedly passed away about a year ago which was traumatic and heavy but we're going strong. You know, we'll do twenty plus million this year with Boom, and uh, we're carrying on the legacy. That's pretty amazing story to go from a back alley poker player,
0: right? You know, <laughs> underground poker player to all of a sudden like uh, building an e-commerce empire with awesome brands and I, folks. I wanted to spend a little bit more time with Ezra on his story because what we talk about next is all you know, based off of the experience that we've just barely tapped the surface of. So I know we could talk for a lot longer, but let's switch into my next question, which is, you know, video and marketing. Why should businesses today in 2020 be focused? And and maybe people are listening to this in 2021. You know, why should they be focused on video in their marketing? Talk to us a little bit.
1: Yeah, thanks. And I think that, you know, everybody knows that the trend of consumption of the digital medium is video. So there's all these statistics that support the idea that what people are consuming is video content. And that's one reason. But I think the more important reason is that video allows you to build a relationship and audio too, by the way, allows you to build a relationship with a person that you simply cannot do with text and image. There's tone, there's cadence, there's expression. And I have built every one of my successful businesses on the backbone of a video strategy. So I believe in it because what I believe a business does is communicate with a group of people around a set of shared experiences. And I think there is just no better way to do that than with videos.
0: Well, and if we think back to the pre internet era, which I remember because I'm a little more into that older age bracket, but before the internet, you know, television ads were what it was all about, right? So people were using video to create commercials or to create content, right? That was sponsored by a company, right? Like you would get a big brand, for example, soap operas, people don't realized, but they were sponsored by Procter & Gamble. And it was content wow. produced by Procter & Gamble specifically to target moms who are at home. And that's why they call them soap operas. So the idea of video being a marketing vehicle has been around pretty much as long as television has been around. But the advantage we have today is that we don't have to pay a network, right? We can produce this video and publish this video on YouTube or on Facebook or anywhere, and it represents a huge opportunity. And you you also mentioned another thing is we are in the golden age of television, right? I mean, as of this recording, Disney+, Plus, Apple TV, and all these other networks are multi-billion dollar investments in the creation of, of video content because there's an insatiable appetite for engaging, amazing video content. You
1: got anything you want to add to that? I agree with everything you said. I also learned some stuff. So thanks.
0: Oh, cool. (laughs) So let's talk about short form versus long form video. Uh, Why don't you define in your mind what the difference is? Because there's a lot of probably opinions on what is short form and what is long form video when it comes to. Yeah. And I think
1: I'm going to get people totally disagreeing with me here, but my viewpoint is that short form is two minutes and under and long form is basically
0: two minutes and over,
1: but most of my long-form content is basically five minutes plus. And I have very strong opinions about where those two types of content should be used in the sales cycle. So two minutes and under, let's
0: start with that. What kind of content are we talking about that we can do in two minutes and under? Let's just kind of like define the options here. And obviously something that's two minutes to, you said about five minutes. Is that what you said on the long-form side of things? Yeah.
1: I mean, I go even longer than that. I've got videos that are 20, 30, 40 minutes. I think longer form episodic in particular. So thematically relevant content is once someone knows you and likes you, they will consume that and they will enjoy it. And I think that what I do, I think that shorter form content is really designed to get people's attention and get them to know about you. And then once they like you, then you can produce longer form stuff and you can use shorter form to tease them. Hey, here's a trail, one minute or two minute trailer on this 30 minute interview I did. And you promote that. And then the people who are interested watch the longer form. So we use short form to promote long form once someone is a subscriber. But before they're a subscriber, we mostly only put out one to two minute videos on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram to get people's attention. So when I think of short
0: form video, I'm thinking at the most basic an Instagram story, right? You're talking like 15 seconds, right? Or Snapchat, which is, I don't even know what it is. 12 seconds, I think. Or uh, why am I forgetting that hot one that everybody's talking about? TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Which I think is 60 seconds, right? So um, talk to me a little bit about what kind of content you're creating on the short form side of things.
1: Yeah. And my, my viewpoints are skewed because I'm dealing with women over 50 who are mostly only on Facebook and YouTube. So my shorter form may be longer than most people's shorter forms, but I'm doing, you know, interviews of women talking about their experience, right? So one of my favorite types of content is interviewing women, In our community about their experience of aging. What does beauty mean to them? What is dating like after 50? How has menopause affected them? And just short, punchy videos about a person's experience in a given field or during a given set of experiences like aging.
0: Well, okay. So let's talk about that. Cause for a lot of people like me who are a professional interviewer, the idea of doing a two minute interview
1: sounds crazy. So how do we do an interview that's only two minutes long? So my strategy for this is montage videos. So I get a, a set of questions, you know, like, hey, what does beauty mean to you at 20 versus 50? How has your hair growing out gray affected you? Do you dye it? And I get a list of like 10 to 15 questions. And then I ask 50 women those 10 questions. And then I cut up the responses into individual videos, like a video all about silver hair, where you've got a 10 to 15 second answer from four women. And those things work really, really well for me. Uh, Okay.
0: So, so I really like this. So what you're saying is that you are selectively editing together a montage cacophony, whatever phrase you want to use of different people's answers to questions and Talk to us a little bit about the creative process there because I would imagine the way you ask the question
1: is going to result in the kind of desired answer you want, right? Yeah, and it's like, you know, you know, you're an interviewer, there's lead, you can lead people down a path to get them to respond in the way that you want. And sometimes you just take whatever comes up, hey, oh, you said, you know, you had a rough divorce. Well, let's talk about that. Have your friends been divorced? Like, you know, these hot button topics, these experiences that people are having, I kind of try to push on them and say, hey, what do you think about that? How did that feel to you? What did it mean? What did it mean to the people around you? I try to get people to emote, because what I've found is that, What we seem to care about as humans is what other people think about us and what other people think about the experiences that we are having and they are having and the emotions they have around those. And so when I'm interviewing people or asking people a set of questions, I mostly would do this via Skype or Zoom. Sometimes we bring people into our studio, but my goal is to get them to emote and I'm doing whatever I can to have that happen.
0: Okay. I love this. And I want to ask some more questions. I want to dig on this a little bit because the idea of a montage video, I think for a lot of people is really kind of cool, especially considering the fact that they're not coming in studio, which is very economical for a lot of people, right? Because you can, but I would imagine you're dealing with lighting issues and all that kind of stuff. So how do you, how do you prep the person on the other end so that you've got, or do you not even care about the quality and is actually low? I, I do. And, yeah.
1: I, and mostly what we do when we're getting people to send us videos is we ask them to shoot them outdoors. Because like sometimes God. we'll just give them the list of questions and say, answer these, have someone film it on an iPhone outdoors. Because when you ask them to film outdoors, you end up with good natural light. And I find that the audio quality of a, of a smartphone, while it's not incredible for me, for my brand, it's good enough. I never get complaints about audio quality when videos are shot on iPhones. I mean, it doesn't sound as good as you. You, you showed me your mic before this interview. It's right. the nicest microphone I've ever seen in my life. So it doesn't sound as good as you but it sounds good enough. You and it know? doesn't and, really
0: matter if there's wind or anything because that just kind of comes across as authentic is my guess, right?
1: Yeah. And I also ask people when I'm doing a Zoom interview, hey, would you please sit in a room where you've got natural light facing you from a window? So I try to get them to look as good as they can. But at the end of the day, what I found is that like production is so good off a Mac or an iPhone. It's like you, production value, as long as it's not terrible, terrible, like in a dark room or fuzzy looking weird, it comes down to is the audience interested in the content? And if you're doing your job, i.e. you are talking to a specific group of people and you know who you're talking to and you've done some level of research to know what they're interested in, you got a good shot at being successful. Why do you feel like these montage videos work? What is it about them? I think it is our own fascination with what other people think and our desire to be normal. We wanna be normal. We wanna be like the rest of the group. And so when you get a group of people who you identify with, and you get to hear their thoughts on the experiences you're having, that is compelling as a human, right? I wanna know what you think about entrepreneurship. Michael, I wanna know what your morning routine is. I wanna know how you don't get overwhelmed at work. Like, I wanna know how you handle the same problems that I face as someone who's in your community. I am just compelled by that, and I think that's human nature.
0: So you get together, uh, are you reaching out? I mean, how are you getting these women to agree to do this in the first place? So the first
1: place we go is to our customers. Okay. And then the second place we go is we go to Instagram and we find people who look like the people we want to be our customers, whether they have big audiences or not. And we reach out to them. We go to our employees, families, mothers, grandmothers. We go to friends, friends of friends. I mean, we just pound the pavement.
0: So how many of these interviews do you have to do in order to get what you want? I mean, like, is there like uh, a lot of throwaway, if you will, or are you recording? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. I think you need a minimum of 10. And I think out of that 10, you're going to get four really compelling uh, interviews that you can chop up and put together. And sometimes you get more than that, but you got to figure half of what you produce in this regard is, you know, some people aren't compelling. Some people don't bring enthusiasm. Some people aren't that excited about what they're talking about. So generally what we found is a solid, you know, 30 to 50% of what we get is not necessarily as good as the other 30 to 50%. And we mostly use the best stuff. So yeah, you do some work that you may have to throw away, but you know, that's part of the game. Do you let them know that you're going
0: to be using this in a commercial and do you ask them or in an ad and do you ask them to fill out some sort of disclaimer or give you the rights to be able to do this or what's your thoughts on
1: that? We also have a lot of money now in that, or rather, I shouldn't say we have a lot of money. We have a successful brand that can afford things like contracts and legal advice and things of that nature. So we definitely have release forms signed that where folks are agreeing to allow us to use this content in advertising and on our website and in emails and that kind of thing. I do think, and I'm, please, I am not a lawyer, so don't quit, don't take my advice on this, but I have heard that if you email someone and say, hey, this interview that we just did is going to be used on our website and in advertisements, are you okay with that? And you get a response, yes, you're pretty safe. But again, you know, maybe you know more about that than I. I mean, we have a lawyer and we actually do a real actual yeah. you know, release form. So
0: Yeah. I don't have the answers either. So talk to your attorney. Now, when you're actually sewing these together, let's say you got four in a video and it's two minutes long. Is it quick cuts with the same person or is it just 15 seconds straight on through? Do you understand what I'm asking?
1: I do. Yeah. And sometimes we chop it up where it's one person, the next person, the next person. Sometimes it's one person for 60 seconds and we don't put other people in. It just depends on like what we get and what we think is the juiciest. And you can go to the Boom blog and see some of these. Uh, Some of the ones you'll see more recently are more professionally produced because we did actually bring a bunch of people in studio. But it's not like there's a one formula that we use. We've got a bunch of different styles, you know, and it's really about what do you feel is the most compelling? And then you put that out.
0: So talk about the fine line between just creating compelling content that sends a signal to your audience that we understand who you are versus the branding side of it. Like, how do you somehow bring the boom brand into this? Because a lot of people are like, this sounds intriguing, but how does it benefit
1: my brand? Sure. What I'm talking about with you right now is what I would call engagement or consumption content that is designed to keep my audience engaged and entertain them and give them content to consume. It's not designed to sell. I use that content, I put it out on social media, I run ads to it, I email it, I put it on my blog, I use it to keep my community engaged. And then when I'm actually trying to sell, I use things like manufacturing process transparency videos or a video style that I call Love Demo Love, also known as the testimonial sandwich. I use videos that are designed to sell my products, which what I'm talking about now is not. It's designed to entertain and educate and keep my brand at the top of people's minds. Perfect. So this is purely content marketing. Do you just have a little tiny boom logo that shows up at the last
0: few seconds or something?
1: Oh, we, we, we Yeah, we, we stamp our boom logo over the whole video in the corner for sure. So we're putting our logo there. How effective that is, I don't know. But I can tell you that when we implemented this consistent, ongoing, entertaining, fun, engaging video content on top of the sale events that we ran, the sale events that we ran because we do about six a year doubled in effectiveness because our audience was more engaged. They remembered who we were. They were getting emails from us that weren't just, hey, buy our stuff. You know, they were seeing us in their social feeds. They're seeing us in their Facebook feeds. And so, you know, I think that it's a, It's not probably not the first priority for every business, right? Because the first priority is probably go out, figure out how to go out and get a customer. But I do think that in today's environment, if you don't have repeat business, which is what this generates, a group of people who are engaged with you over time, you're going to struggle. What I love about this
0: idea is we have camera crews all over social media marketing world getting testimonials from customers, but we could very easily ask a series of questions that we could film with some of the thousands of marketers that are there and we could create organic social content out of this, which is awesome. That's really what you're doing. And you're, yeah. And
1: by the way, I just want to thank you for that event because I've sent my social media team for the last three years running and they absolutely love it and get a lot out of it and come back with a full notebook. So if you're listening to this and you haven't been to the social media marketing world event, you should go.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Ezra. So, all right. One of the things we talked about also was working with influencers, right? And you said you're working with Molly. Right. And so talk a little bit about because a lot of people listening right now maybe have a relationship with influencers or maybe they have somebody in house. How can you use that somehow to create videos, if you will, that could serve the business?
1: Yeah. Well, I do this differently with Smart Marketer than I do with Boom. With Boom, I have something called the Brand Ambassador Program. And what that is, is I go out to everyone who buys from me, and I have my team scouring social media for women who look like they should be our customers, and I have them fill out on our ambassador page, hey, do you want to be an ambassador of our brand? If so, fill this out. Tell us what ProAge means to you. Give us a link to your social profiles would you be willing to make a video for us? Yes or no. And then basically people submit, they they submit their images, they submit their social profiles. We look those over and then we choose the ones that we think are going to be the best representatives of our brand. And we actually send them a box of goodies. We send them a mirror. We send them a light. We send them a stand. We send them all of our products and we give them instructions on how to use them. And then we have them document the experience of, hey, I got this product. Here's what the box looks like. I'm opening it up here. I'm using it now. This is what I feel like after. We actually show them how to use our products. And then we teach them how to document that experience. And then we take those videos and we use those on our blogs. That's one way to do it. And that's working really well for the physical product e-commerce business. Now for for Smart Marketer, I've always had the goal of being a platform for other e-commerce business owners, other people to share their experience. Because I really feel like if you're going to learn something, you need more than one person's viewpoint. I think I'm good at e-commerce, but I'm certainly not The only person who's good at it. And I certainly don't have the only way to be successful. And so what I've done with smart marketer is it traditionally in the past I've done is interviewed people, had them come on Skype, uh, sat down with them at industry events like traffic and conversion summit with video and asked them about their journey, what they found to work, like done traditional interviews. And now with Molly we're doing something a little bit more in depth where she's creating courses for us and she's going out and speaking on stages and so Molly's more of like a business partner if you will but she was an influencer in the community who had impact who had exposure who brought a whole different style cuz she's in the you know digital marketing uh, information marketing she's more in that realm and so we kind of collaborate well because i'm e-commerce and she's sort of the other side of the business i kind of am rambling i'm not sure if i've answered your question no no
0: but uh, but i would love for you to talk about how you're leveraging her personal brand to help smart marketer right so talk in in ads and stuff right because you do that
1: right yeah totally well you know molly is charismatic and fun and sharp as a whip and maybe the best advertising teacher i've ever met and so you know what she wants to do is teach and what i like to do is market. so, you know, we i had a photo shoot in new york city and i had her had a whole bunch of photos of her taken so we could have images for ads. i brought her up to my studio and we shot a whole bunch of videos that we could use. So like i basically am supporting her in growing her influence by being a collaborator on the marketing side, helping create assets, jointly producing a educational program that she is the face of. so, i'm kind of like a supporter and collaborator on the marketing and education side and she's really out there being she likes being on the stage I like being on stages too but she's much better at at networking and she's more outgoing if you will and so the way that she's supporting me is she's you know doing that under the smart marketer umbrella but we are kind of acting as supporters in the marketing realm for her personal brand by helping create assets, helping strategize, running support, running design, running development, running copywriting, like kind of doing a lot of the back end kind of hidden stuff while she's out there being kind of the face of it.
0: So when you, when you help her create videos, let's talk about some of the lessons that, because for people that do have relationships with influencers and they want to create videos, how are you utilizing Molly and or anyone else to create videos? Because I think that a lot of people, you know when you have someone who's who's good a good communicator right and who doesn't mind getting on yeah. camera as Molly doesn't mind at all i would imagine you must be leveraging that in some sort of way in video advertising yeah. maybe I, not. I
1: think every brand has the opportunity to put people up and be a pl- everybody wants acknowledgement right i mean if you look at one of the fundamental human desires it is to be acknowledged for your value for your looks for your Ability for your importance, right? Acknowledgement is so important. And if you are willing to acknowledge people and talk about how wonderful they are and ask them how they do things and film that and then put it out there, you're going to have a lot of people who are willing to play that role. And I think that, you know, when we do video with Molly, we do a lot of different stuff. We say, hey, Molly, come and teach this thing. Or hey, can we ask you questions about how you do X, Y, and Z? Or hey, is there anyone that you know that you would like to interview? We basically just be a supporter and an advocate for her. I don't know how to say it any better than that. I mean, I I guess it's not really practical or tactical, but it's kind of like we are advocates of her on her journey. And we are collaborating on a few courses and you know, doing our best to support her in her growth as an influencer.
0: Well, and this is exactly what we do with so many of the people on our network, including Molly, is even just by getting her on our podcast, you know, we're giving her an opportunity to show her her wisdom, you know, in front of our audience. And obviously that's good for her and it's good for us. Right. So that's really what you're talking about. Yes. You mentioned manufacturing process transparency a little bit earlier, and I think it was in light of you've created all these awesome videos. Now what's next? So, What is that manufacturing process transparency and is that connected to these montage videos or
1: talk to me about that? So that would be in the pillar of we're actually trying to sell stuff, right? So montage videos are content consumption engagement. Manufacturing process transparency is like we're trying to sell you something. And I think that it is the single greatest opportunity in all of business right now, which is here is how we made this thing and this is why. There's a brand out there called Everlane and they're my favorite brand. I want, They're who I want to be when I grow up and basically this is their whole playbook. They say, hey, look, there was a problem with denim all the denim factories are polluting the world's oceans. We noticed this and we decided to make denim that was amazing for all these reasons and didn't pollute the world's oceans. And here's exactly how we did it. Here's the the process of how we manufactured this product. And we're fully transparent in that. And I think that if you look at like, you know, what Molly does, she'll do like, hey, here's behind the scenes of how I ran my product launch of the product that I sold you. That is manufacturing process transparency. That's her showing behind the scenes of what she did to produce the result that you're engaging with in the information side. And I think that that style of video is interesting, compelling, and it sells.
0: Why does it sell? Because what I'm hearing, let me make sure I understand what you're saying. So if you can share what goes into creating the sausage in the factory, right? Whether you're actually creating sausage or whether you're selling information. So you're saying in Molly's case, she's talking about how she used marketing to launch this new product. And you're saying by just talking about the procedure she went through to promote her product, that is actually marketing her product. That's what I'm hearing you say, right?
1: Yeah, so basically the way it works is people get a window into what you created, why you created it, and how you did it, which shows authority and authenticity. And then you also throughout it are talking about the benefits of owning whatever it is the product is, right? So in Everlane's case, it's denim. In my case, it's organic, handmade, small batch skincare. So you're also throughout that sprinkling in the benefits of the actual product itself while showing how you made it and why you made it. And it's just a good recipe for selling something. And, you know, it works in pretty much every case that we've tried it. So that's why I believe in it is I use it all the time on Boom. And I see Molly using it over here on the smart marketer side. And so it's one of my favorite kind of go-to models for how to make a sales video for a physical product in particular is like, hey, we made this because of this reason. Here's how we did it and here's why this thing is good.
0: Is this something you're doing in like less than two minutes or is this something that's a longer than two No, minutes?
1: those are longer form usually those are three, four minutes. But if you look at the Everlane one, If you look at the Everlane denim video, you can go to their website, Everlane, E-V-E-R-L-A-N-E.com. You can go to their denim section. There's a one-minute video. They did this whole thing in a minute, and it might be the best sales video of 2019 from a physical product standpoint. It's the old school problem agitation solution method where they're like, here's the problem. We're going to agitate the problem for you and tell you why it's all bad and make you really fearful about it. And then, oh, by the way, we have a solution.
0: What's really fascinating is there telling people about a problem they didn't even know existed, right? Because obviously everybody wears denim, but nobody realizes this. They're revealing something to people that they weren't even aware of, right?
1: And I have to say, as exactly, exactly. And and that is a more dangerous approach because telling someone about a problem they already know about is a little bit easier. But with, with Everlane, I have to say, as someone who is literally wearing Everlane denim at this particular moment, they made a great product. So go try it.
0: See? And what's really cool is the side effect of the manufacturing process transparency is they create raving fans, is what I'm hearing from you, right? Because now that you know what about that story, and because that story resonates with you and what you think is important, you're now letting other people know tens of thousands right now <laughs> about that particular brand, which is a side effect of the manufacturing process transparency. If I'm hearing you right, am I right?
1: Yes. Absolutely. You just explained it better. You don't need me on this show. (laughs) You
0: You, you mentioned something I think called love demo love. I'm not sure I caught that right, but tell me more about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A testimonial sandwich. It's my, probably my favorite top line video to get new people to actually buy my products. Like I use a lot of content to get people in the door. And then those folks who are consuming my more of consumption engagement content, I run this video style to them. And basically what it is, is it's 10 to 30 seconds of face to camera customer testimonials showing the product why the person loves the product why it's good uh, what it's done for them and then it's a one minute ish demo of the product in action so sort of the ownership benefit showing how it works and then it closes with more love which is face to camera customer testimonials and that is my most successful video formula of 2019 for selling physical products is love demo love where i open with love. I then demo the product and then I close with love and, uh, it works
0: just so I understand kind of the mechanics of this. It doesn't necessarily be this need to be the one person doing the whole thing, right? So you could take some of those video clips that you had already previously, hopefully captured in some capacity. Right. And then, or is it one person raving about the product, showing how it works and then raving about it some more, or is it, a it's mixture? usually
1: a montage of multiple women, short, shorter clips, five to 15 seconds of multiple different women talking about why they love it. And then it's a demo that has nobody in it. It's just showing the products with a voiceover. And ah. then it's more women at the end. So could be one woman. I mean, we've done them too, where it's like one woman for a minute and then a demo. And then that same woman for another minute. We've got a whole bunch of these, but the ones that are working the best right now are a few different people giving the face-to-camera customer testimonials at the beginning and end with a demo uh, in the middle.
0: What goes into a good demo?
1: How it works, what it does for you. I think most people focus on what the product is. It's metal and it's six inches long. And I think what people need to focus on more are what are the benefits of owning the product? Why is it good? What is it going to do for you, the consumer? And so, you know, for us, we say, hey, look, here's our products. This is how you open them. Here's what each one is. Here's what this one does and why it's good. Here's what this other one does and why it's good. Here's what this other one does and why it's good. Go buy it. So it's really all about them leaving understanding the benefit of owning the product. Like I could say, Hey, this microphone is, you know, metal and it's six inches long and it's got a windscreen. Or I could say when you're on Skype with your grandmother, she's going to be able to hear you clearly.
0: Yeah. Or it makes you sound like a rock star, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's even better.
0: (laughs) Former copywriter. So what I'm hearing you say on this demo thing is don't talk about what makes it good from a technical perspective, talk about what makes it good from a customer perspective, right?
1: Yes. Because I could say it's made of
0: stainless steel, but who the heck cares, right? The customer doesn't care about that. That's right. right. So is this something that you figured out with this demo thing by just trial and error? And is a minute sometimes too long? Or are you cycling through multiple products? I'm just curious about that.
1: Well, I have one main Sort of product that I sell to new people, and it's actually a bundle of three different items. It's a trio. It's a makeup trio. It's a a blush stick, a glimmer stick, and a sort of moisturizer stick. You know, we have been at this for ten years now. I started Boom in twenty ten. I've tested a whole lot of stuff, and in my market, I've found that a shorter demonstration works better than a longer demonstration. Right? Like I've been. I think there is no kind of real right answer to what is best, other than make stuff and see what works. And you're going to have to make a lot of stuff. And if you're not up for the process of making videos, then gosh, it's going to be tough in today's world to stand out or be successful. And I think you got to just be up for the process of making a whole bunch of things. Like I'm sure some of your podcast episodes do better than others, you know, and you keep making them, you keep trying to make them better. And that's kind of like what we've done. And so, yeah, I mean, I had to come up with this love demo, love formula in the last year, because prior to that, Cindy, we we were using her and she was so compelling and she was so charismatic and people resonated with her. She was so real. And, you know, when she passed away, obviously we couldn't use her to demo the products, talk about the products. So we had to kind of improvise and we tried a bunch of different stuff. And this, this is our best formula since then.
0: Where's the call to action in in a video like this? Is it perpetual there the whole time? Or is it just at certain moments?
1: the real like call to action of go buy this thing is at the end but it's an ad for a pr- I mean, we're doing this in form of advertisements on google and facebook and instagram and so people are pretty savvy even women over 50 they know that it's an ad and they can click on it if they're interested so it's not like we're saying at any other point than hey go buy boomstick trio we're saying that at the end of the video, but it's pretty clear that you can click and most people don't make it through the end. When we look at our stats and stuff, it's it's a very small percentage of people who make it through the whole video before clicking.
0: Talk to me about intentions. This is something we talked about before we hit record and you said you wanted to mention a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I, I really believe in this. I I, I learned this lesson. When I was 16 and I went to pick up my homecoming date, and her father asked me, son, what are your intentions with my daughter? And I did not have an answer for that. I was, <laughs> I was shook and I went, I clammed up and I went silent. And that was not a winning strategy. And so since then I thought to myself, I really ought to have a set of intentions before I get in my get into any experience. And I believe in thematically related content over time to engage a group of people. And I think that the only way that you get thematically related content is you create a set of intentions ahead of time before you start making content. And so my intentions at Smart Marketer, for example, are to inspire e-commerce business owners, to give people a window into my personal life, to share what's working for me in my business and my life, to give out practical and easily implementable strategies and tips, to showcase other awesome influencers, educators, and e-commerce business owners, to be a platform, to offer alternative viewpoints on common problems, to relate business back to life experiences, and to take a stand against mainstream viewpoints of hustle, grind, sacrifice, and to inspire people to focus on their relationships and their health and to talk about money, to entertain, and to serve the world unselfishly and profit. And every piece of content that I create is in line with that set of intentions. And I think that if you're going to have a successful content catalog, it's got to be fueled by an overarching set of intentions.
0: How in the world did you come up with that? Because that was a lot. Is that something you yeah, developed sorry. I over mean, time? Listen,
1: I mean, I've been blogging now for <laughs> since 2012. I've been at it for a while and every year I revisit what am I trying to do? And, and I, you know, I take inspiration from what I see other people doing, like, I love what you're up to, right? I mean, gosh, you put out so much content, man. Like, like, you guys are unbelievable and it's so inspiring. What do we put out, a, a video a week maybe? I mean, you guys are putting out article after article and you're documenting what's happening on social. It's like one of the things that I'm inspired by, by you is to do more written content. It's not my skill. I'm a, more of an orator and a video creator, but it's something I'm interested in. And So I look around and see what people are doing and what looks good and I add that to my list of desires.
0: And I would imagine if you come up with uh, these intentions that you're talking about, it kind of, it's almost like a vision. It kind of helps you know
1: whether or not you are doing the right thing. Am I right? Yeah. And it it kind of gives you a guiding principle, if you will, gives you like a container. It's like, it's hard to have water go in a direction if you don't have a tube, Yeah. but if you have a tube, it's going to go where you want it to go. And so I feel like the setting, the intentions gives you kind of like that container that allows you to flow.
0: Awesome. Ezra I know we've just scratched the surface of all the amazing things that you're doing where do you want to send people if they would like to discover more about you and the things you're doing over at yeah Farm if you want
1: to um, thank you for the opportunity and if you want to come hang out with me you can go to Instagram at Ezra Firestone I'm on Instagram I do a lot of stuff on there and you can go to smartmarketer.com uh, s-m-a-r-t marketer.com and I've got a blog and I've got courses and all kinds of fun stuff over there too
0: Ezra Firestone thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and wisdom with us today we're better
1: off as a result of it thank you so much for having me on the show I really appreciate it
0: hey I hope you find a lot of value in today's interview if there was anything that we mentioned and you missed it we take all the notes for you simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 389 lastly if you are a new listener to the show and you've not yet hit that subscribe button please do so This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world in a good way. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.